All right, good to have you. Great night for Donald Trump at the Iowa caucuses. I mean, just a huge night where, you know, Donald Trump has been, he's been, he's been called a kingmaker, meaning that whoever he anoints to certain positions, whether it's state positions, federal positions, they, that, that his blessing is enough to get them over the hump and they, they get elected. Uh, he's had trouble with that because he's had a bit of a mixed bag. He's had situations where his blessing, his endorsement has carried candidates, and it's been the opposite, certainly here in the, in, in the state of Michigan on the west side of the state. So mixed bag on that. But I don't know that there's any doubt at this point who's the head honcho in the Republican Party, who sits at the head of the table, and that is the former president, Donald Trump. Jason Rowe is the former executive director of the Michigan GOP and principal of Rowe Strategic and joins us. Jason, it's great to have you. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. What did you make of the results of the Iowa caucus last night? Well, I think it was uh, fairly unsurprising, maybe uh, anticlimactic in spite of the media trying to, you know, uh, feign shock and awe. It it wasn't uh, terribly off from what the Des Moines Register final poll uh, predicted and and I you know threw a marker out there. I went on Twitter before the caucuses and made my own predictions, and I wasn't too terribly far off. So I don't I don't think there's any surprises. What does this do? Do you believe for for Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis um, based on the fact that that we did expect Donald Trump to win the Iowa caucuses? But what is this? What does this do for for them and their candidacy and their campaigns? Well, I mean, it extends their shelf life a little bit, but not a lot. I think uh, DeSantis made a calculated decision knowing that he is you know, not going to do better than third in New Hampshire and decided to just skip it and go to South Carolina. Um, I don't think he's necessarily going to beat uh, Nikki Haley in South Carolina, but at least it, it gives him a little more time to be on the campaign trail with some justification. Uh, Haley is polling much better in New Hampshire than she ever was in Iowa, and it's a primary that allows Democrats and independents to participate. Mm-hmm. And so I think she has an opportunity to make a strong showing uh, into New Hampshire. You know, I do think, and, and one thing I think that is missing from some of the analysis from last night is, um, you know, if you were to combine the non-Trump vote uh, in a head-to-head with the Trump vote, him coming in at, you know, 51 and some change, um, you know, the combined non-Trump vote was nearly 50 percent as well. Mm-hmm. And I think if it were a two candidate race, um, you might have a far more competitive uh, contest in Iowa, as in New Hampshire. Um, but when you have the non-Trump candidates kind of splitting up that vote, it becomes very difficult to consolidate. And I think Trump benefited from that. Do you think that that those other votes outside Donald Trump, Donald Trump had 51 percent of the votes. It was a record 30 point victory for Donald Trump in this case. But but do you believe that those voters that are on the, the, the DeSantis side or the Haley side, are they never Trumpers? Would would there be a situation where they would they would consolidate uh, behind one of those candidates, do you believe? I think the never Trumpers probably more are in the Haley camp than they are the DeSantis camp. Uh, you know, I think for you know, who the Republican Party primary voters are today, um, 
uh, Ron DeSantis very much speaks to them. I think his record as governor uh, in, in the state of Florida, the things that he's done both on the economic side and the cultural side have been very appealing to Republican voters. And I think his pugnacious attitude towards the media, particularly CNN, the Associated Press and NBC, were you know things that I think everyone, the clickbait that that provided on, on Twitter. So I actually think, you know, DeSantis voters are there for DeSantis. And I think for some of them is, you know, Trump without the drama. So not so much never Trump, but maybe a better Trump, a uh, better version of Trump. I, I think with Haley, you know, she, uh, to me, more better represents the old Republican Party, more of the neocon uh, interventionist, uh, you know, maybe even big government mm -hmm. kind of conservative that George W. Bush represented. And I, I think those voters weren't necessarily signing up for Nikki Haley. I think they didn't like Trump as an option. And I think she got some momentum coming out of her debate performances and you know i think some coronations as the best alternative to trump in the media and so i think a lot of people that were looking for the trump alternative started to move towards her in the last weeks and months when you were in the michigan republican party and and this this election came about a presidential general election what did you take away from Iowa? What 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 did you see in Iowa that that you could apply here in the state of Michigan? Or what did you see in Iowa that would resonate with the people of Michigan? And, and do those same do those same uh, outliers or variables apply this this cycle around? Well, I, you know, listen, Iowa has been notoriously ineffective at predicting uh, the outcome of the nomination process. I think the last three victors in Iowa um, never had the word president in front of their name. Um, you know, I think for the takeaway from from last night, I think exit polls showed that the number one issue that was driving uh, voters concerns was immigration and the lack of control at our southern border. I think that is contributing to uh, Joe Biden's very bad numbers nationally and in Michigan. And it's, you know, one of the few things that we expect of our federal government is to protect our country's sovereignty. And when even you're turning on, you know, the Today Show and you see, um, you know, they can't even mask the thousands of people that are pouring over our borders every day and the government seemingly doing nothing to curtail that. Those, those are issues that I think resonate. If they resonate in Iowa, they're going to resonate in Michigan and all over the country. In terms of the turnout, I mean, there was there was worry that because of the weather, it was so nasty in in Iowa that that there wasn't going to be a turnout. Do you think Donald Trump's popularity inside the party helped or or hurt the turnout in Iowa? Well, you know, he definitely had a lot more intensity amongst his voters. The Des Moines uh, Register poll that came out Saturday night. Um, had 89% of those that said they support Trump very motivated to turn out and participate. Uh, contrast that with Nikki Haley. Her supporters were very motivated at a rate of only 39%, so less than half the intensity. So I think that really did contribute to it. And, and again, you know, I don't think people were turning out because they love Nikki Haley. Uh, they were turning out for other motivations, mostly that they don't love Donald Trump. Donald Trump supporters turned out because they love Donald Trump. And so I don't think, you know, even listening to him, I, I don't think he was too far off from the attitude from some of the supporters that if it's the last thing they do, it'll be worth it uh, from his standpoint. 
Um, So I definitely think it helped him uh, uh, very significantly. Well, and and in terms of Donald Trump's popularity, it's undeniable. I mean, it is it is just undeniable that he has an incredibly strong grip on this party. But with all of that being said, and with the with the expectation that he was going to win Iowa, maybe not quite as handily as he did, but but win Iowa um, with everything going on in his life, particularly all the legal issues. Is there I mean, is there any bit of a surprise that that he, he continues to remain as popular as he does or or is that message continuing to resonate with a majority of the base? Well, you know, listen, I think one of the failings of the mainstream media and uh, and their hatred of him is that they've desensitized uh, everyone to anything that he does wrong. And and he is a master manipulator. I don't know. I don't know. Donald Trump probably loves that. I mean, the fact that 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 desensitization takes place. Donald Trump has no greater ally than his enemy. Um, They are the ones that fuel him. And I think with the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, when he indicted Trump, I think that was the beginning of the end of the Stop Trump movement. And the reason is he had no jurisdiction to uh, indict Donald Trump over federal campaign finance law. And this was an investigation that he himself had suspended because he didn't think it was meritorious. And then when he got into his own political problems, uh, he dusted it off and brought it back to make himself a, a hero to you know the Upper East Side liberals mm-hmm. in in Manhattan, and what that did, even Democrats were um, skeptical that that it was a worthy indictment. But what it did was undermine all future legal uh, mm-hmm. prosecutions against Trump because I think for most Republican voters they just see it as a continuation of a get Trump. Yeah. Effort and even if he's convicted, and as we saw in the the poll done here in Michigan by the Detroit News and WDIV, that 58% of voters wouldn't feel any differently if he was convicted in one of these indictments. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I think it's not because they would say, "Oh, he did do something wrong." I think it's more of an attitude. Oh, they finally figured sure. out something to get him with, and so I think they're just ignoring all of that noise. They don't like Joe Biden. Um, They are looking back at the four years that Trump was in office. Yes, it was chaotic. Yes, there was a lot of embarrassing things that happened, but the economy was working. We were not involved in foreign wars. Mm -hmm. You know, the the border at least felt more secure than it does right now. Uh, So there were a lot of things that seem by comparison to the Biden years to be much better than what we're experiencing right now. Jason Rowe, great stuff as always. Thanks for letting us lean on you. We'll talk again very soon. All right. Stay warm. Yep, you do the same. That's Jason Rowe, former executive director of the Michigan GOP and principal of Rowe Strategic. Got to take a break. I'd love to get your thoughts on the results of the Iowa caucus last night. Give you some of mine as well uh, uh, on the other side of the break. 800-859-0957.